You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. <laughs> All right, if you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 22. And uh, before I get started, I want to clear up, you know, we hear a lot about the awakening going on in the church. I want to clear up the awakening because we get a lot of different, we've got a lot going on in the world and you're starting to hear a lot of crazy things. And sadly, you're hearing a lot of crazy things from church folk. Because what you got is, is you've got a lot of church folk. And y'all, I don't watch a lot of Christian TV because it gets a little too crazy for me sometimes. And right now, it's really crazy. Because you got a lot of prophets that are prophesying what they read off a cue. Hear me. Because we've been so caught up in a mindset of end times, we're all Jesus coming back any moment that we're starting to, I mean, the church has gotten so gullible. And if we're not careful, it's going to make the church folk real dull of hearing and numb to what Jesus is really doing in our day. And when I talk about an awakening happen, I'm talking about a correction and an order. An awakening to that there's been a problem in the culture of church in America. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Because God's house has to come in order first. And so there is a wind of breaking things up, a correction coming. There there is a wind that's been blowing that's breaking up a bunch of old religious mindsets. And so what you're seeing is, is you're seeing a lot of old uh, mindsets of left behind. (laughs) Come on. You're seeing a lot of that being broke up and exposed for what it is. Listen, I wish I was wrong. And that all of a sudden, Trump's just going to come out of nowhere and be the president again. Listen, do not get caught up in all this. Come on. I don't, I don't care who's going to be president Listen, all this stuff about Biden is just a puppet and, and uh, Trump's got the military and all. Shut up. Turn your ears off to that. All this conspiracy about all... The, listen, that doesn't change what I'm going to do right here in this building in Liberty County, that's not going to change what you're going to do on your job. It's not going to change what you're going to do in the grocery store. We're still going to be the light of the world. Come on. We can't get numb and dumb and come on to everything that's going on because I'm telling you, a lot of 
so-called prophets. And I'm telling you, I was, I was like, God, I, I, what's going on here? And, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of things happening and a lot of people. And so when I talk about a spiritual awakening going on, it is because God's bringing correction and order to the church and exposing, come on, that's what the wind is doing. It's breaking up a lot of old religious mindsets in the, in the earthquake. Listen, there's an earthquaking going on. It's changing the very character. It's changing the very, come on. And then there's a fire coming. This is what excites me. There is a fire coming that is going to usher in the presence of God. Come on. And it's going to be the, pre it's good. listen, no man is going to be able to stand and go, hey, didn't we? No. It's going to be God bringing in, ushering in the presence. Come on. When his presence moves in, you don't need a man to stand here and tell you what's going on. Come on. Are y'all with me? Somebody say, okay, we're going to be careful what we listen to. We're going to be careful what we're listening to. All right. Listen, the title of my message is, it's not complicated. This isn't that complicated, y'all. And I'm just telling you, in a world where everything is just like, everybody's just grasping for straws on what to do, where we're going, what's happening. Listen, it's not complicated. It's not. And one thing that has impacted the body of Christ is the fact that we don't understand how relevant the Word of God is for everyday life. And we haven't learned how in the church to communicate the fact that the Bible is relevant for everyday life. It is what keeps us on the straight and the narrow. It's what keeps us headed at true north. Come on, are y'all hearing me? See, the world that is crumbling down around us is the ones telling us that the infallible Word of God is outdated. The world system is crumbling. And yet they're wanting to tell us that the Word of God is outdated. Come on, just like they're wanting to change our Constitution here in America that has lasted 230-something years. Well, oh, do you understand that any Constitution anywhere else in the, in the world has never lasted not even a third of what ours has lasted? It's all because ours was founded on biblical principles. Now, how relevant is the Word of God now? Come on. I assure you that His simple truths, when applied, still have the power to absolutely change lives today. That, that will never change. And this is where it all starts. Look in Matthew 22, verse 36. Are y'all okay? Because I know that was kind of rough at first. But I, I just feel like my job as leader is to kind of rein in everything that's going on. Because I'm telling you, it's, it's like the horse started bucking and they just pitched the reins. 
<laughs> you know, and nobody's picking there up, you know. We've got to pick this thing up, rein it in, and, and remember who our God is. And so, and, and that is my intent. And like I said, man, I, wi- I, I wish that Trump could just magically appear. And, and I hope he could. Something does happen. I mean, because let me tell you something. They're going to tear this thing down. I don't want that for America. I'm still patriotic. I'm still there, you know. I don't want to see that happen because we're the greatest country on earth. But at the same time, I'm not going to fall apart. Come on, because I know who my God is. Matthew 22, verse 36. And now what you have to understand is Jesus here, if you go back to 21... Jesus deals with the leadership. He's telling some parables. And Jesus deals with the leadership. And then in 22, he shifts and he starts dealing with the people. He starts dealing with those uh, that that are calling themselves uh, the church, basically. And so here we find ourselves in uh, verse 34. And Jesus... He, he's always, it always cracks me up. Jesus asked over 300 questions and never gave an answer. And when Jesus says, let me ask you something, that ought to tell you real quick, you, you fix it, get schooled on. And so Jesus, he is having this deal with these Sadducees and these Pharisees. And so, verse 34, when the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they gathered themselves together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And you know what? I got tickled about that because I thought, out of all the questions that you could have asked, is that the best you could come up with? I mean, Jesus is confounding these guys and he is just turning them upside down and the first thing they come out with is, what's the greatest commandment? (laughs) It's like, you couldn't put no more thought into that than that? I mean, let's ask where the dinosaurs go. (laughs) You know, I mean, let's ask something that we really don't know. You know, man, what's them stars up there? I mean, something, you know. (laughs) Thank you, Tyler. And Jesus, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law of the prophets. Now, the commandments are literally for our benefit and to know how to get along with others. That's what the commandments are for. The commandments are for our benefits and how to get along with our neighbor and love our neighbor. That's what they are for. And it's that simple. It's not complicated. And just like Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's why it's the first commandment. So why ask such a dumb question? When it's first, it's first. (laughs) Right? But yet, we miss something very simple in all of this right here. 
He says, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And let me tell you something. We lose sight of all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind in our culture of just say a prayer and wait to go to heaven. Because what, what we do is, is that we treat Jesus as an add-on. And Jesus isn't just another add-on to our busy life that we just do this on Sunday and fit Jesus in on Sunday morning. Come on, are y'all with me? Jesus is, becomes the very center and why we have life. But when we just treat Jesus as an add-on, come on, then we just put him up there next to everything else that we have to do. Jesus isn't something that you just have to do with everything else. He is life. He is the very reason for life. And let me tell you something. When you get a hold of that and he becomes the very center of life, it changes everything. Because then what you do, listen, when you understand why, it gives meaning to your what. And Jesus is why we do what we do. Not what we do. Come on. See, Jesus becomes the very why we live life. And he gives our what we do its meaning. That's where your meaning's going to come from. That's where your purpose, that's where your, listen, that's how he begins to rewrite your history. Come on, I always want to know people's story. See, you never know what's going on in somebody's life, and you never really know their story. And that's what's been so great about our Wednesday nights is because I don't preach them, y'all preach them, and we're getting to hear some of y'all's story, and then we start understanding why you're at the front on your knees weeping and praising and worshiping God is because you, you need your story rewritten. Come on. Man, when Jared walked up here this morning and just lifted his hands. See, some of y'all don't know his little boy's had heart surgery and he's just a couple of years old. Come on, when Wade and Kelly spent years coming to the altar and crying and weeping and praising God on their knees and crying. See, most people didn't know they was fighting over their marriage and fighting through drug addictions and everything he's gone to till Wednesday night. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm talking about? See, when you begin to understand why, it'll change your what. When he becomes the center of your life, come on, he'll begin to rewrite your history. But you've got to get your priorities in order. And you've got to get that first commandment up there. Love the Lord God with all your heart all your soul, and with all your might. Come on, that's the very first thing. Because until you do that first thing, it's going to be hard to love your neighbor. Come on. 
Matthew 6. Are y'all still here? Y'all are awful quiet. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heavens where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is... There will your heart be also. Now look what he says. He gives some insight right here on how we lay up treasure in heaven. He says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or he will hold to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon both. Listen, what does it tell us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2? To renew our minds. Come on. We, we have to renew our mind to the Word of God, what it says. And as we do that, the windows to our soul becomes clearer and clearer for us to be able to see what's going on. It helps to clear up what's important. Because then our what... Listen, He's telling us how... To have treasures in heaven. Because when we get, when we figure out the why, when we can see clearly, listen, your view of the kingdom of God is going to be what is going, is going to be the list of priorities. Your view of the kingdom of God, if it's the very center of what you're doing, then your priority is going to be in order. But if it's not, and your eye is on temporal stuff, come on now, do y'all hear what I'm saying? If your what is the center of what you're doing, you ain't seeing clearly. See, the what gets meaning when you understand the why that Jesus is first. That He is the first priority. Come on now. Jesus is the first priority before my wife. Then my wife. Come on. Then my kids. Listen, my job in ministry is way down the line of list of priorities. My first priority is God. And women, your kids are not the first priority over your husband. I hate because our culture is just totally opposite. And our kids become more important than our spouses. And the next thing you know, 20 years goes down the road, they're graduated and gone. Husband and wife look at each other. They don't even know each other. Because they never built that relationship. Come on, are y'all with me? we got to be careful to keep first things first. Jesus has got to be first. 
Jesus has got to be first. See, our culture of Christianity has been great at just adding on. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Because, see, we like to do things for God because that scratches that religious itch we got. And it feels like we've done something. Come on, are y'all with me? But yet we've never really changed on the inside. See, Jesus points out the, that what you do here on earth can have an eternal reward. But you got to understand the why and come in right alignment. Does that make sense? See, Jesus, when he's the center of life and why we do the what we do, then your what is the salt of the earth. Does that make sense? Then Jesus becomes the light of heaven in you, in your what? Come on. See, we're salt and we're light. See, what we do is bulls, but we bring Jesus into it because that's the light. That's what lays up treasures in heaven is because our what, the bulls, are giving glory to him because we could have never got here by ourselves. Come on, are y'all with me? Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to look at... God sets this in motion years ago. How many of y'all know God never changes? Verse 1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, the judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded. Now... to teach you that you might do them in the land where you're going over to possess it. Now, God is telling His people, He's telling us, if you'll do these statutes, these commandments, where I'm taking you, then you'll be able to possess. Come on, how many of y'all heard in the midst of all that's going on, if my people would call upon my name, humble themselves, pray and repent, I'll heal their land. This is why. Because we haven't been possessing our land, it's been possessing us. See, we get caught in this cog, in this wheel of having to pay bills, having to, come on, have a career, having to do all this stuff, and the next thing you know, it is our number one priority, and we're not possessing it, it's possessing us, and we're having to feed this monkey. Come on, man. And God's saying that's how it's not, it's not supposed to work that way. If you'll do what I'm telling you to, you'll possess it. And look what he says. So that you and your son and the grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes, his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Let, let me just stop, man. This just come from ranch headquarters right now. Listen, if you get home at night and you're just wore down, tired, and just you're sick of it all, let me tell you something. You're not possessing. It's possessing you. Come on, are y'all with me? I ain't telling everybody in here to run out and go quit your job. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this isn't that complicated. And what we need to do is, is we need to put first things first. And then what you're doing is not going to wear you out. Right. 
Let me keep reading. Oh, Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel. When you see Israel in the Old Testament, it means church. Okay? The Lord is our God and the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Here it is again. And with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontals on your forehead. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house. And on your gates. Here's what he's telling us. He is telling us if you will do this. If you will do this and you will teach this, you'll possess your land, you'll be prosperous. And if you'll continue to teach this, he says, look, if you will, if you will mark out clearly the direction that you are to live, your kids will get it. If you will treasure this, come on. If you'll treasure these words that I'm telling you, he's fixing to take you to some place and you're going to be prosperous and you're going to possess it. And look what he says. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build. Come on and houses full of good things which you did not feel. Come on. And huge cisterns which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. And you shall eat and be satisfied. Then watch yourself, uh-oh, lest you forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Here's, here's what we always do. When we get prosperous, we get lazy. And we forget where it came from. And we forget, and then we start, we start getting too big for our britches. Let me put it that way. And then we start thinking we did something. When actually, we're standing on somebody else's shoulders that plowed the way, that left lands, got on a ship, sailed over, come on, starvation, hunger, come on, had their houses burned, fought for us, come on. And we forget real quick that those men fasted and prayed for God to move and then God moved. Come on. And we get so uh, high tech, we get so that we forget the blood that was spilt for freedom for everyone. 
for our neighbors. Come on. We forget what God moved out of the way for us to come in. Come on. And we're letting them try to rewrite our history. Come on. I'm telling you, we're in a time where God's bringing correction and he's bringing order to where we love God first and we're loving our neighbor. Look what he says. Verse 13, you shall fear only the Lord your God and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow after God's any of the gods, the people who surround you. In other words, it doesn't matter what your neighbor's doing. It doesn't matter where, come on. It doesn't matter what they have, what you don't have, what they say, what you, come on. It doesn't matter. We still love them. Regardless of their religion, their race, their whatever, we still love our neighbors. And we're going to be a light so they can see, come on, who God is. That's always God's intent is to see who God is in us. That's always been God's intent. He lays this out so simply so that we can understand how to prosper in everyday life. Right here on this earth. Listen, we can't just dismiss this as Old Testament because, see, God never changes. God never changes. And we can't just say, oh, that's Old Testament, preacher. It's not. Listen, this is the very cure for the anxieties that we're facing today in America. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Why? Because everybody is just trying to reach and grasp at straws with, with everything that's going on when all they'd have to do was open their Bible and understand that if we seek first the kingdom of God, everything will be added to us. Come on, are y'all with me? See, Matthew 6, 33, look there. This is the cure for anxiety. And God lays it out so simple. You can go back starting 25. says, for this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life. Then you jump on down there to 33 and he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And we have caught ourselves being so wrapped up in what's going to happen tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and it doesn't happen. And then the next thing you know, we all look like idiots because we've been praying and fasting and believing and hooked in. Come on. And then the next thing you know, church people are all anxieties waiting for a blackout. Waiting for a martial law. Come on. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And we get so amped up, so worked up. God's saying, man, let's just, let's just worry about being, let, let's just worry about me being number one today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Come on, are y'all with me? I know it's a little rough. See, and here's, here's what I want to say too. 
If we'll do it, and if we'll teach it, then we can possess it. But men, and let me talk to men, it starts with us. It starts with us. Look in Luke chapter 11. For so long, the men have kind of been absent in the church. And that's why it blesses me at this church, because I'm telling you, you men are getting it. Matthew 11, verse 21. This is very enlightening. When a strong man, fully armed. Come on, what does Ephesians tell us? It tells us to put on the full armor of God. Right? The full armor of God. Why? Here's why. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own homestead, his possessions, there it is, are undisturbed. When a fully armed man, when the fully armed man is, has his armor on, he can defend his possessions. Come on. When you're understanding and keeping the first things first, when you're understanding that Jesus comes first, your household will be undisturbed. Come on, are y'all with me? He says you got to be fully armed. But when someone's stronger, then he attacks him and overpowers him. He takes away from him all his armor on which he had relied and distributes his plunder. Now listen, for years... All we've ever done is put on the helmet of salvation. And our other armor just laid over there in the corner. That's why he says fully armored. When you got men, when you've got your shield of faith, you got your sword, you got your breastplate of righteousness. Come on. You got your belt of, of truth and you've shotted your feet with peace. Come on, you can stand in the midst of the battle knowing that your God will deliver you. Why? Because you're fully armed. Fully armed. Then look what he says. I've done lost my place. He who, is, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. And I'm telling you, when we put God first and are fully armed, listen, he's with us. And that's how that works. See, God's calling out the warrior in all of us. And if you missed Wade's message Wednesday night, I, I'm telling you, you need to go back. I, I encourage you to go watch it. Go listen to it. Because one thing that I heard, and he kept saying it, is that I opened the door for the thief to come in. I opened the door for the thief to come in and plunder my house. 
And that's powerful. And the other thing that you kept hearing is that, and it blessed me because I used to tell my kids this all the time. You're going to know that my God's God. And Wade would tell his children, you're going to see me win. Even in the midst of the battle, when it looked like it was rough, he kept saying, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this. No matter how much it hurt, I'm going to beat this. And I'm telling you, that's teaching. That's your kids watching. I know daddy's God's God because I know where we were at. I know what they've been through. I seen it. There is nothing else for me out there. Come on, that's putting God as your frontals, around, binding around your wrist. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's telling the devil, you take a hike, you can't have my household. I'm fixing to be the strong man back in this house. Come on. I like what else Wade said. If you don't think God can use you, you ain't been listening. <laughs> Listen. God rewrote his history. His blood spoke a better word over Wade than what the enemy's lies were trying to say. Come on, are y'all hearing me in here? God lays out his statutes. That word in the Hebrew means customs, covenant, law his ordinances, and it says, if you'll do this, you'll prosper. That's, that, that's as clear and as simple as it comes. Listen, Jesus in the wilderness, when the devil come to tempting, three times he quotes Deuteronomy, what I just read you. How powerful is that? That brings what the old, listen, that brings the power. This is how you do this. You remind the devil what the word says, what God said. That's what Wade was doing. He was just declaring what God's word says. Come on. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, even when it looks like it's all hell's breaking loose, let me tell you something, never quit. Just keep declaring his word. Keep, come on. The devil can't win. Listen, Satan's always going to try to come and get you to miss the mark. What you're aiming at. That's what sin is. It's simply missing the mark. He's always trying to get you to buy into a lie. Come on. And that's to keep you from possessing to keep you from walking in peace and prosperity. Come on. See, our emotions, feelings, thoughts, actions, and habits that make up our character, come on, is going to be your view of the kingdom of God. It's, going to, it's all going to start with your thoughts. See, your thoughts become words, remember? Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. Our habits become our character. Let me tell you something. You've got to kick the devil out of your thoughts. You got to bring everything. Listen, picture in your mind a Roman soldier standing there at a gate 
letting these thoughts in, not letting those thoughts in. Come on, are y'all with me? And when you do that, you start you can start dwelling on what God says and not what the enemy's telling you. John, third John, verse two says, "Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers." Now. Let me just say this. When John said that, he's writing to some folks and he's saying, listen, I pray that you prosper in your health, in everything in life as your soul prospers. This was his wish, not that it's just automatically going to happen. Because it's a process. And that's what you see here. He says, I pray that in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health. Listen, that's saying in some time, if you'll stay the course, if you'll keep doing the statutes and the principles and your soul begins to prosper, this is what's going to happen. It was more like, this is my wish for you, that you stay the course and you see the promise, and that you possess the promises. Come on, that's what he's saying. And too many times we come to Christ thinking he's got this magic uh, fairy dust, and he's kind of like Santa Claus, and that ain't the case. Because (laughs) for the most part, listen, we have messed up. And we got some twisted thinking, and that stuff has got to be worked out. And Jesus ain't up there telling you, telling you, hey, you, you got to do all these duties and you got, no, that's not love. He wants us to love him like he loves us unconditionally. And let me tell you something. He loves us so much that he sent grace that will walk us through the demands that the Bible puts on us. And he allows us to mess up. Come on, are y'all with me? He allows us to work it out on our own so that we'll get it. Come on. Because most of us, you reach, how many of y'all ever hit a light socket and got shocked? One time. Right? Right? I mean, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, hey, if I touch that electric fence, it's going to mm, 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 zap me. So you just don't touch the electric fence anymore. And you make every effort not to touch that fence. And that's exactly what God wants. Us. Hey, I know that's bad for me. I'm not going to touch. Now, I may get knocked into it. Come on. But I ain't deliberately going to touch it because I know it'll get me. That's the way sin is. Sin will get you. And once you understand, sin will get you. But living for God, oh man, come on, are y'all with me? It's a lot nicer. God, look what you did to rewrite my story. Look what you did to take the, my, my nightmares Look what you did. You set my life back in order. Come on, how many of y'all lived life that was just out of control? 
And then God began to bring peace back in your life. And he's bringing that now. Let me tell you something. Peace and joy is more addicting than any drug out there. Way more enjoyable. And that's what God does. And listen, because here's the deal. And I, and I always tell people this all the time. And I learned this through a few battles. You're going to fight the devil on two fronts. You're either going to fight him on the front of the battle or on the back end of the battle. Now, let me explain that. The devil's always going to come and he's going to say, oh, it's all right. Go on, touch that electric fence. Oh, go on. It's just a little, oh, It'll be all right. And I mean, he talks us into missing the mark. And then all of a sudden, when we do and we miss the mark, then we're fighting the devil on the backside of the battle. Shame. You idiot. Right? Then the devil's going to come and tell you how horrible of a Christian and a son or a daughter of God you are. You, you ain't worthy of his love. You ain't worthy to even him do anything for you. And I mean, now you're wrestling with shame, regret, rejection, and now you're fighting the devil on the back end of the battle. I'd rather fight him on the front end. Come on. Instead of fighting him on the back end when he's got your head down. When you're fighting him on the front end of temptation, at least you got your head up. And that's why we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Because it takes us a while to figure that out. Come on, Wade, you ain't going to quit on me now. Come on, you're not going to quit on me now. Come on, you ain't, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? And we're encouraging one another. Hey, I made it, you can make it. I know he rewrote my story, I know he'll rewrite yours. He put my marriage back together, I know he'll put yours back together. Come on, he's using me when I was a nobody, when the enemy and every stat out there was saying I would never be used when all my teachers was telling me I wasn't going to amount to nothing. And that's the truth. Come on, wouldn't they be surprised at what Jesus has done now? Come on, is anybody in here with me? He can put your lives back together. And we need each other to encourage each other. Let me tell you something. We walk through this, you can walk through this. God's grace is sufficient. It doesn't matter what you're wrestling with, but the problem that the church where it's been broke is we haven't allowed people to come in with their thorns. Oh, man. Paul's got a thorn in his side. He's ministering the gospel and he is struggling with some sin. And yet, Jesus said, hey, don't you worry about that. My grace is sufficient. Come on, I don't know what your thorn is. And you know what? I don't care. 
But here's what I can tell you. God's grace is sufficient. And one day when it's time for God to pull that thorn out, he's going to pull that thorn out. But until then, we're going to love you and we don't care. Come on, y'all with me in here. Nobody in here has the right to say, hey, you better change, you better quit doing this, you better quit doing that, or you just can't, well, I just can't hang out with you. No, I can't hang out with you. But I'm staying and I ain't going nowhere because I'm working through this. Come on, are y'all with me? What we've learned to do in the church is, is we've learned to hide our thorn. I'll move on. Psalms 19. Somebody's thorn making them uncomfortable. I look, this, I think is probably one of the most beautifulest psalms that David wrote. And I could just see David. See, and you have to understand David's story to understand some of the psalms. David was was a brother from another mother. All his other brothers that was called in to the anointing party for the next king were all from the same mother, but not David. So David wasn't even asked to come. And so I could just see David at nights shepherding. You know how, I mean, we know exactly what his brothers thought of him. Because we've seen how they treated him right before he killed Goliath. And so we know how they kind of treated him as like, oh, you're the stepkid. But you know, David, you could see him as he's tending sheep by himself. Just him and God. And he begins to write this. The heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech, nor are there words. The voice is heard. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. Come on, how many times have you ever stood out and you really seen all the stars and felt real small? And just felt in awe of what's going on. And just like, golly. And you just, I don't know if anybody's ever been out to West Texas once you get out past the lights of the cities and all that. But I mean, it's like, you know, it's just all around you. Just the, you get to see the galaxies and man, it just, you feel real small. But you're in awe of God. 
And I can't never sit back and look and go, God, you're awesome. Not one time have I ever, and that's what David is doing right now. God, you're speaking many words, and but yet not one word is heard. That's how powerful God is. Look what he says in verse 5, which is a, he says, and their utterance to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of its chamber. It rejoices as a strong man runs his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Man, listen. In a world that is in chaos and in crumbling down all around us, let me tell you something. The sun still comes up every morning. Still goes down every evening. The stars ain't all up there bumping around, hitting each other. It's not all in chaos out there. It's in perfect order. Why? Because God spoke it gazillion years ago. I don't know how many years ago. Whatever it is. But it's that simple. Let me read this to you out of the message. And if you would stand. This is what the message says. God's glory is on tour in the skies. God craft on exhibit across the horizon. Madam Day holds classes every morning. Professor Knight lectures each evening. Their words aren't heard. Their voices aren't recorded. But their silence fills the earth. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. God makes a huge dome for the sun, a superdome. The morning sun, the morning suns a new, the morning suns a new husband leaping from his honeymoon bed. The daybreak sun, an athlete racing to the tape. That's how God's word vaults across the skies. From sunrise to sunset, melting ice, scorching deserts, warming hearts to faith. The revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. Isn't that beautiful? The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The life maps of God are right showing the way to joy. The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. 
God's reputation is 24 karat gold with a lifetime guarantee. Come on, man, I like that. The decisions of God are accurate down to the nth, nth degree. Come on. In other words, you can hang your hat on what God says. Just look around at creation. It speaks of His glory. Winter comes, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall. That has never ceased. Of course, we just kind of get a little winter and a lot of summer around here. But it's still there. The leaves fall off. Come on. Summer comes back. Listen, that speaks how powerful God is. Not one politician, come on, can ever stop the sun from coming up. Not one politician can ever stop God from loving you. Not one politician, not one bad leader can ever stop what God's going to do with you. The thorn in your side can't stop what God's going to do with you. Come on, are y'all with me in here? Father, I come to you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, we give you all the glory. We stand in awe of your works. We stand in awe of your works. That your unchanging glory is seen every day, every evening, every year. Lord, we see it. It's on display all around us. How beautiful are the works of your hands. And yet, God, when we seek you first, how much more precious are we? than all the works of your hand. The greatest work is your people. Father, we thank you and we praise you that you're not done yet. And you're surely not done with us. And we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. See you Wednesday night. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.